Welcome back to Diggy's Dungeon. It's another week. An indeterminate amount of time has passed uh, because this is one of those wonderful episodes where I just interview one of my listeners and we talk about five important songs to them during their time in K-pop and they take us through their journey. So I'm not going to give this an episode number because I don't know when it's going to come out, but it'll probably come out after Gachi's one because that one's already been done. I'm letting you in on all the secrets today. But uh, anyway, without further ado... This week, we got Swither taking us through his time in K-pop, so I'm going to get him in and let him do his own intro, because God knows he can do it. Here we go. Hello, Swither. How are you? I'm too spicy for you. (laughs) There you go. By the time this comes out, that might be a really old reference, but we'll see. Wait, what? By the time it comes out? Mm-hmm. Oh, are, are you uh, editing the uh, story ones to be released later? What's going on? Well, because it's a story, there's no, there's no like time constraints on when it can be released. It doesn't, it doesn't go out of date, you know. So, uh, ah, so they're banked episodes. They are, yes. Yeah. So I've got Gachi's one in the back, you know, ready. I'm probably going to edit that one next because it came first. But uh, eventually, this one will come out. I like the eventually. Uh, it leaves it open that maybe it could be a, a posthumous release. You know, like <laughs> oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm no longer around, and it's just like, you remember this guy? Yeah, welcome to he the Swither Memorial uh, <laughs> episode <laughs> of <Dickie's> Dungeon. <laughs> yes, I mean already this was a uh, dangerous of feeling a little. Uh, self-centered but i'm already uh doing the classic thing of imagining what, what, what would my funeral look like if i died would they oh. come <laughs> starting us off on the right note mood wise then <laughs> <laughs> all right you know you, you gotta keep all of that in mind uh i think i think it's healthy <laughs> um well yeah this is uh this is an interesting format uh it feels strange because, you know, usually in media, when you have this sort of thing of like these touchstones to arrive at where you are today, it's usually like an interview with someone successful. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, <laughs> no, I'm saying the person being interviewed. So, uh, usually it's like so that helped me with that and that helped me with that and here i am you know uh, killing it you know that, that those are the people that i thank for yeah. giving me the inspiration i needed to arrive but i feel but like the- i feel like k-pop fans just culturally get put into one big amorphous blob and people forget they're actually people so it's nice to remind people sometimes that everyone who likes this type of music has their own story Oh no, I I totally agree. I I I think there's a lot of value in it. I just mm. I just think it's funny because <laughs> you know uh, preparing something like this is it's like you know and now that's where I am today. Yeah. Uh, it, it ends up making it feel with in this sort of specific context more like um, you know uh, a therapy session where it's like <laughs> so yeah when I was really young um, this happened and then. Uh, then it just kept happening and 
and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I, I would counter with, um, in, in the context of our tiny little, little show, you're definitely a celebrity. So this is, uh, this is, this is pretty much the same as all of those interviews. You know, you're, you're letting us know how you came to be such a massive personality. Okay, gas me up. Yeah, you, you do have some interviewer skills. This show <laughs> Thanks. does deserve to work. Those three you know, years of studying journalism came in handy eventually. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> massaging the interviewee right now. It's mm. uh, very intelligent. Thank you. All right, well, um, do, do we want to launch into it? We can do that, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't need to be excessively narrativized. This first one uh, I saw as a kid you know um maybe just going into middle school you know music videos were big for me as a kid because that was just a cool way to interact with music i i thought and uh also i think a lot of people were releasing a lot of really good music videos around the time that i was like entering middle school um and I don't know. Yeah. And it was just at the peak of accessibility, you know, YouTube was hitting its stride and, um, all those music videos were just, uh, searchable as they continue to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I was into a lot of just the really popular artists, you know? Um, but this first one I remember seeing, uh, because of a friend's older brother, showing us one of them and then uh i I remember watching the video to rihanna's rude boy i believe (laughs) another great song and then i saw this one and uh it it popped some sort of bubble well there you Um, go ended up sticking with me um but not in a way that i understood because i didn't have any context for it Mm-hmm. But um, this first one is from the esteemed Hyanna. It's called Bubble Pop. Here we go, Bubble Pop time.
Okay, Hyona's bubble pop. Take us through it, Swither. Oh, wow. It's honestly been a little bit since I've seen this music video. I was mm. wondering if it was going to uh, hold up, but oh my god, it's, it's uh, almost better than I remembered. <laughs> um, yeah, so imagine probably, probably fifth grade. Imagine that. What is that in English? I'm trying to think. How old are you in fifth grade? Oh, snap. Don't make me think. Because <laughs> they, they work differently between the different countries, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Three, but y'all yeah, have... Like, 10 or 11, I think? 10? Something like that? I think I was probably 11. I think I was probably 11. Um, maybe 12. I don't know. Um... But, uh, yeah, basically just, uh, you know how, uh, when they talk about Elvis, uh, you know, this is just like, oh, he came up in front of this just screaming crowds hmm. of girls and then just like, just a hip thrust would just, <laughs> uh, cast in the entire crowd into some sort of frenzy, Of course, you know, and you hear about that and you're like, what, you know, come on. <laughs> anyone can do that why would that why would that cause hysteria but when you're like you know just beginning adolescence then something like that you know it can cause some hysteria and uh yeah this is basically the gender reverse version of uh elvis for uh for me <laughs> um, one little hip roll and you were in <laughs> yeah and i mean in you know in retrospect it really is a brilliant move i mean she traces out two bubbles with her hips you know if you were to if you were to attach a a, a long mechanical pencil to her tailbone then throughout <laughs> the course of saying uh bubble bubble pop pop she would have traced out two bubbles and then two slashes through those bubbles. So that's pretty brilliant because it also totally works without it having any connection to the words. So, um, yeah, just a really good, uh, smart, catchy, uh, and, uh, provocative, mm. uh, uh, set of decisions behind what is a pretty fun song with a bright, cute music video, the little romantic intrigue, a lot of fantastic outfits um, and uh, like dance break bridge with uh, some sort of dark intensity. It's really uh, extremely intense if you're maybe a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> extremely intense. Um, Definitely a music video and song that were important to quite a lot of us, I think, <laughs> that have been into K-pop for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, they really killed it with this. Uh, and also, like, it feels pretty original in some ways, mm-hmm. you know? Nothing else really uh, quite uh, sounds the same, is it? Even still. Yeah, like, it, it, it doesn't scream to me like any specific uh, Western act that, uh, you know, one might accuse it of ripping off of it. It doesn't. It doesn't jump out like that to me. Yeah. It had like a. It had sort of like a tacky, cute quality to me. Even then, I think, because I I understood that like this sort of a sound, you know, that sort of instrumental and presentation. It wasn't like cool in the same way that you know maybe a, a Rihanna was or uh, something like that. It had something that was like kind of cutely lame about it, but yeah. it almost made it more accessible well, i think also because like when this came out it was deep in the like club era of pop music in the states and around the world everything was like you know pitbull get up in the club bit of neo you know all these people that were just everything was about going to the club and then suddenly this cute little pop song arrives and you're like oh hang on yeah yeah like it really yeah the more i think about it yeah it's it's a I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it feels like it's doing a pop song in a, a weirdly pure way. I, mm. I, I really don't have uh, have my thoughts together on this, but just the way that it progresses, it does feel a little bit more like a, uh, uh, not a story, but just a song in the way that uh, you, when you got more into the club stuff, which mm. is great, uh, it, it just, it sacrifices some of the uh, like basic form choices behind the pop song, you know, like the role that a, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge sort of structure, mm. what it, what that means, you know, and what it's best used for. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this does a pretty well, good like, job. It was, it was kind of more apparent back then that K-pop was a few years behind the West in terms of music trends. So I guess uh, this sounded kind of pleasantly not with the times, maybe. <laughs> no, yeah, I could see that, for sure. And I yeah, found that when um, I went to K-pop anyway. Yeah, okay. But yeah, uh, just so many things went, went right with this. You know, the instrumental is distinctive and uh, memorable in a way that yeah, like I said, isn't because it's like cool and groundbreaking, but because it's kind of sweet and like, uh, you know, not trying to be too cool for school. And then, yeah, the presentation and the the looks and the moves and Tiana herself, everything works. She killed it. Uh, this was a, this is a YG production. Nah. <laughs> this is way back in the day. So this is this is um, isn't this when she became part of Cube? Oh yeah, Cube. Yeah, no, yeah, that sounds right. Cube she era. Gone from JYP over to Cube to I think to do solo stuff, right? And then four minute happened. And then four minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's got uh one of the more uh, involved. Uh, stories with a lot of different chapters among most K-pop idols. Definitely. 
but yeah, so for me, uh, this song was the one that, uh, the first early one that I think I uh, connected with. And then uh, the one that my friend's older brother had showed me initially was uh, Sistar is So Cool, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and look so cool. Yeah, and look so cool, cool. Um, uh, that, I, I love that. I mean, that was something that I didn't quite appreciate as much at the time, but now looking back at it, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel so cool. <laughs> it's just such a good message. Um, Definitely. And that so- song and music video and everything is amazing as well. Um. Also from this era, just because there is a very hard pre and post where like, I didn't really understand what K-pop was. Mm. So the uh, among the very few songs that I was exposed to um, in, in the extended pre area, I think this girl's generations. Oh, 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 that that one uh also made it through i think maybe someone in my family might have thrown that on the itunes and it just ended up on my ipod wow yeah that type of stuff i'm in um but yeah that song's incredible um but uh then there was an extended period where um i was not aware i continued to not be aware of what k-pop was and i wasn't really hearing the songs uh number of years but i did kind of throughout that entire period maintain uh, a series of interests that would uh help me reintegrate really uh smoothly i was i was and continue to be a big fan of uh fka twigs um who if you don't know her i mean you should because you're british i mean she's british um but uh she she's a dancer singer um producer incredible and uh i went to one of her shows in high school and it just was absolutely incredible absolutely incredible and Mm -hmm. uh that was you know uh sort of uh, you know, I hesitate to use the term experimental, but I'll say it uh, sort of experimental uh, uh, pop music delivered from a female vocalist who's also dancing really well while she's singing. And uh, that show was just amazing. I mean, especially as a high schooler managing to get really close up. She wasn't even very big at the time. Mm. Uh, I think that was like 2014 and uh, like <laughs> uh, she she killed it. I mean, she just absolutely killed it. And then 
so that sort of solidified for me the uh, value and just interest in uh, vocal dance combos in live performance. Uh, and then I got really into uh, Hannah Diamond. I've mentioned her. Uh, she's also British. I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, another person that uh, makes pop music in sort of uh, the tradition of stuff that most people would, you know, try to leave behind or just feel like in retrospect was lame in some way or too corporate or something like that. But then she just sort of uh, absolutely claims it with like doing almost everything herself or with just a couple of friends and uh, making what I thought were really uh, meaningful and, and at the same time, really fun songs. Uh, and the thing that helps connect it to the K-pop thing is that it kept me interested and open to the notion that corporate or like, you know, trying to take the money and marketing side of music seriously as an artist has some really interesting aspects to it because my context and the sort of stuff that I saw people being interested in, uh, a large portion of it was about this rejection of uh, corporate style and, uh, and about trying to be, you know, independent and not, you know, mm. playing these lame business games and that sort of thing and just being cool, you know, just doing, doing, doing it good and not caring about the man. Um, but uh, I remained interested in the notion of like, well, who's the man and well, why can't everyone play that game? And, uh, and I felt like Hannah Diamond was, and continues to, uh, she plays the game, like does so much of it just from one person. And it's just sort of beautiful trying to make yourself into what your absolute childhood self would have hoped in your wildest dreams you might be able to come might be able to become you know mm -hmm. like if you grew up wanting to be like a pop star or whatever it's like there's no real avenue unless you happen to you know go to a bunch of tryouts and happen to get picked there's no real avenue to reliably get there if that's what you really want and so the notion of just trying to make yourself into that uh regardless of if anyone's going to support you was just uh inspiring to me and you know hannah diamond still has not achieved any measure of uh big fame or anything like that but her, her music videos and stuff absolutely stand up and uh you know i was also listening to some other Stuff that, you know, frequently comes up when comparing K-pop songs. You know, I listened to Ariana Grande. She's got great vocals, got great songs. Um, song Into You was a big one. And I think that was when I started getting interested in pop songwriting and like knowing who Max Martin is and that sort of thing. Mm. And being interested in like how weird it is that there could just be some dude that uh, writes all the songs that all the young kids in a foreign country are singing. It just seemed weird. Mm. And uh, the more I, I dug into that, the more interesting things got. 
So that'll be the biggest transition zone because uh, that was years between when I liked Shana Bubble Pop and when I returned to understand and get into K-pop mm-hmm. uh, writ large. <laughs> um, it would be about until 2018. Wow. Uh, so I am starting college. I'm in school and uh, university. As uh, we say in, in the aisles. Uni. And uh, yeah, I was a little late on it because it was actually released uh, Halloween 2017, but I wasn't there for that uh, crucial moment. Mm-hmm. But a uh, little subunit called Odd Eye Circle dropped an album called Max and Match. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that just put the girls to the front. You know what I mean? There you go. All right. You want to get into it? Yeah. So here we go. Odd Eye Circle Girlfront. Oh, no. 
Okay, what I circle turn your world around, Swither. Tell us about it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, that that song is so um, so special, so incredibly special. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, just the strength and distinctiveness of the melodies, the, uh, you know, aesthetic of the music videos, the vibe coming off the girls, their voices being amazing. It just having this strange edge to some of the production, it just felt so futuristic and so exciting. Mm. Um, and, uh, few things really feel like that you know most things that are futuristic uh or feel futuristic also have just a heavy uh foreboding dystopian edge but for something to feel like oh this is from like a future that i would want to be a part of you know <laughs> that, that's uh that's a special I, thing i'd say i had a foreboding dystopian edge and it's the guy going oh my God, oh my in the back you're right from you're right you're absolutely <laughs> right there is something like that yeah. but um it almost because of uh you know the way that it's tucked into corners of the song it almost just uh, acts as a intensifier as opposed to an actual imagined end mm. but um yeah i wanted to yeah. make a, a joke video at the time of me listening to luna and i'm all happy and then it gets to the or like the weird bit in love cherry motion And like, I just go motionless. <laughs> I, was like, I wanted to make that video at one point, but I didn't have the same like knowledge on making videos as I do now back then, unfortunately. It's never too late. I'd um, say it's too late now that uh, like, you know, <laughs> Luna are basically out of there, you know? Yeah, well... They've done so many songs that don't back. follow that, that pattern of like, great song followed by murder voice ruining everything. Like, <laughs> we haven't had that for a while from Luna, so... Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard, just because of how important this song is to me, I've heard a number of edits where they reshuffle the song. They themselves put out a version of the song called Odd Front, also on the same album, with mm -hmm. uh, some slightly different production choices, different stems chosen. Um, you know, uh, since it's been released, I, I found out that that <laughs> that like sample is uh, uh, from some sample pack. You yeah. know, it, it's so fun. It's it's just a great texture, and it's just one of those accessible samples from a sample pack that a lot of people have tried to use. But whoever made that genius. Yeah, and uh, the producers that worked on this, tasteful, tasteful, tasteful <laughs> usage. Um, but yeah, the, 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 as you term it, the murder voice section in this, definitely at first I was like, why is that there? <laughs> um, but now after years of uh, living my life with this being a crucial part of the fabric, I, I couldn't let it go. 
But, I think um, I'm still on the what, why is it there, <laughs> even all these years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still you you still uh, are grounded, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm floating. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just also so funny because Luna was one of the one of the first groups that I you know ended up learning all the members' names and uh, seeing non music content about it. And it was my first exposure to the, what people all talk about as being the sort of parasocial uh, experience of K-pop and that sort of thing. And it is so interesting looking back at this music video and then seeing like some of the shots of like maybe Kim Lip looking at the camera and being and like just finding it funny of like almost imagining it like, oh, if your friend was trying to be uh, so serious and if your friend was trying to look cool in a music video, it'd just be really funny and uh disarming to you and i get the same experience even though you know <laughs> i do not know these people mm. um but uh it it is really a testament to the power of the format that uh you know some absolute strangers that i wouldn't even be able to exchange pleasantries with really uh i can uh, watch a video of them and and uh feel like I'm watching my friends. Um, but uh, yeah, they look, uh, they look so good. Uh, all of these, um, of the early Luna and early to mid Luna music videos were uh, so incredible. So, uh, you know, consistent. They presented, they did so many of the things right that many of their competitors were lacking on in terms of like cohesiveness, having a, a feel across them and having varied songs where the variation isn't just the same type of variation that is in vogue at the, at the moment, because it's not like other groups all do the same type of shit over and over. Not that they necessarily don't, but in like an Some album, there'll still be like places, you know, there'll, there'll be positions, you know, in an album you'll have like a, a acoustic fan song. That's yeah. like super sentimental, super trite. And, uh, and then you'll have like, you know, one more blown out dancey one than the title maybe, and maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. And then you'll have like one more like attitude one or whatever. And that can go into a number of subgenres, but like there's still a, like a lot of things that get carried over, and it ends up not being original. But the Luna songs had variation in the way that someone that that like actually like m likes music might vary. <laughs> you know, like being interested in different uh, genres and traditions, and trying to uh, use them to something that is like cohesive and still expressive of yeah. what feels like one uh you know idea or uh one presentation it didn't feel like they were just ticking boxes like it sometimes does exactly 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 yeah um i think it goes to show like how loved this album is that you still can't find copies of it even now <laughs> like i when i was when i was in korea i was looking for this album because t wanted it and it's impossible to find anything by odd eye circle impossible i mean just look 
at the track list. <laughs> Simply <laughs> look at the track list. The the first full length song on it is "It's a Sweet Crazy Love." Mm. I mean, incredible nice song. song. And then you have Uncover. Uncover is like one of the best songs. <laughs> the Odd Eye Circles Uncover does that that sort of like dreamy R&B thing better than oh my god it's it's so ridiculously good. <laughs> um and then there's Girlfriend. And then there's Lunatic. And then there's chaotic. And then there's Starlight. <laughs> I mean, come on! It's it's uh, like you sound like me talking not, about pink tape. <laughs> it's not a it's not a no miss. It's like an all all through the right pupil headshot. You know, like every <laughs> single one is just right on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so this was the thing that sort of just flipped the switch of what I had fallen into in the uh, previous couple of years, which was a sort of like, yeah, K-pop seems like it's just a bunch of uh, kind of lame reinterpretations or imitations of Western pop music or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
this this shook me from that uh and really i hadn't seen much from k-pop in the interim i just heard things about oh bts is a thing oh you know i heard of blackpink and that sort of thing but um this yeah this flipped a sort of switch to start imagining it just like immediately made me think about what the music scene like there uh, over there must be like because it's you know how could this scene that i was previously imagining to just be uh you know really shallow pandering uh how could it produce something that is really competitive with the stuff that i'm hearing uh from over in my neck of the woods yeah um and so yeah it just made me dive in a little bit like okay surely there's something real to this and there's people that actually trying to do something interesting with it and uh yeah i mean also the luna rollout strategy was brilliant because then by the time that this rolls around you have an individual song and music video for each of the girls on screen and each of those songs is ridiculously good i think (laughs) the first one that, that i got to after this was just kim lips he can lips Clips, oh my god another amazing music video and song yeah most of our intro to the one circle building that we've seen a million times since yeah yeah and uh she sort of reenacted that not too long ago uh in a really funny <laughs> way um but again the fact that i know that it's just a testament to how much i, I got uh caught on the end of the hook here but um yeah when i got into that and then i was first trying to be like okay so what's the other good stuff from this genre uh i did run into fx i Ooh. ran into uh a pink uh i think Ung Ung came out around that time yeah that sounds about and right. uh that song is incredible And uh, I think one of the first songs that I listened to around it coming out was uh, Dugan Dugan by From His Nine. And then I was like, oh my God, you know, this, there's really something here. And then I got into, 
Then I got into Twice and Red Velvet. You know, the song Fancy came out not too long after that. Yeah, I didn't even hear that one as it came out, but then once I found it, it was another very important song. Yeah. And uh, Red Velvet's Russian Roulette. Uh-huh. You know, many people have tried to say that that's like a perfect pop song, and I really struggle to disagree. Roulette is just ridiculously good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the same time, I also dove into G Friend because when I was looking at like what do people like really think is actually good, um, I saw a couple of funny voices agreeing on G Friend. I also saw uh, Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, shout out G Friend when asked on a live stream. Uh, about K-pop, and he, he was just like G friend. Just look up G friend, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think the first G friend songs that I got really into were off that one album with uh, Sunny Summer. <laughs> strong songs matter of fact i'm I'm gonna put sunny summer back into this summer rotation now that we're getting about mid-may there you go great idea um yeah so after uh odd eye circle uh you know got me then as i'm describing i just you know went around trying to find trying to get my bearings like if this could happen then what's going on (laughs) (laughs) what's going on over there that they could produce something like this and it's not even like shaking the world um yeah and so those were some of the first avenues that i went down with that and then 
then that takes us up to about 2020. Oh. Um, 2020, you know, I'm still in school and uh, it's getting hard. And then, you know, you, 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 you know. <laughs> we all and, know what uh, happened that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then uh, that was sort of an invitation to start treating this a little bit more like the uh, unhealthy K-pop fans that I would have thought myself much better than, you know, <laughs> uh, I would be like, oh, yeah, but I'm not I'm not a sucker for all that fan service. And I'm, I'm just here for the good futuristic, tasteful music and cool presentations. But then, yeah, 2020 hits and I'm like, that girl's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> has she ever been on a show ever else in her career? Oh, she's been on like, like 20 shows in the past year. Okay. What was, uh, what was that like? And, uh, you know, it's a dark, dark sort of uh, path, perhaps. But it didn't feel that way. You know, along, along it, you just like, it's just the experience of watching other people with like a extreme warmth, just like, wow, I like everyone here. And they're all um, funny and talented. And they have interesting dynamics going on. Mm-hmm. And there's differences with my culture that are interesting and of note. Um, so yeah, uh, then I, I went on that sort of spree and uh, started digging back back in time to like what older K-pop stuff was going on because still when I was getting into the stuff that I had just mentioned, I was still imagining that, oh, maybe k-pop is just now getting really good mm. um but then 2020 i start yeah digging back into you know i i learned some of the histories of the individual companies and the important figures in them and then uh start digging through the groups that were important to people um and you know i found a lot of good stuff excellent um some uh some honorable mentions for this category that the 2020 uh retrospective moment uh you know cars pandora amazing song oh my god and the fact that i found it so 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 late ridiculous so good uh when i was looking into uh the history of jyp groups going like to the beginning of jyp songs i found uh park ji yoon's sung in chic or the coming of age ceremony one
which is just an incredible music video and song so artistic and uh really had something going on with that um and yeah as i understand it a lot of people continue to do covers of that song absolutely um, yeah and uh yeah going through like the cosmic girls discography and that sort of thing even though that's totally contemporary it's just you know it felt like i was mm. digging through did they be you know. longer ago than people think though <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit but uh the song that i remember making me feel like i was uh going insane but in the best way around this time was uh Bantek Bantek by girls day okay twinkle twinkle to our ears well then i suppose it's time to twinkle twinkle here we go Okay, Swither, 
Twinkle Twinkle or Banchak Banchak took us through it. Love, love in sweetie mind. <laughs> um, Make me you feel know, like Winkle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some great lyrics in this one. Um, but my goodness. <laughs> I remember yeah, I remember just happening upon this in a uh, a sort of state, sort of mental state, mm. and feeling like this is this is Beethoven. <laughs> uh, it just it, it, just the feeling, something about it became so elevated to me. And then to have just these girls in the music video doing the, you know, the cutesy thing mm. and like with this knowing look of like, you know, we know this is st- stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's something about that just combined with the choices in the song to make it feel so singularly perfect. <laughs> so it, I, I, I don't know. But uh, I, I love this song so much. And uh, yeah, the Girls of Girls Day absolutely rule. I was really enjoying seeing uh, Yeti's moments in this song and music video because, you know, if you're not, if you're, if you're listening to this, you know, watch the music video to this because it's, it's very funny and it, it achieves something. The aesthetic is just so cool too, you know, the the whole costume aspect of K-pop performance is uh, really important and different groups have different relationships with it. Some groups don't want to be putting on things that obviously look like costumes. Some groups uh, are trying to take themselves more like fashion serious Mm. and like, you know, we won't just do some tacky costume. We'll do will be drippy um i love me some but, costumes per- personally yeah you can achieve so many aesthetics but when you got a group of people that are all talented you have so many choices you have so many things that you can do with uh, a series of costumes and a set yeah um but yeah in the tone of this type of music video there's there's more music videos from this sort of era that do this sort of tone um few to this level of excellence, but definitely this sort of thing is represented around that era. And, uh, we have some of that still, you know, the, you know, yeah, the super yuppers music video from, uh, uh, cosmic girls, that subunit, Shokom, Shokomi, Shokome, Chokomi. Okay. Um, yeah, that kind of maintains this sort of tradition, but there's kind of few, kind of few and far between these days. Mm. But uh, yeah, just the, the composition of this song and the way that you get into that last chorus with that big note lift and then just back into it. I don't know. It, it, it just uh, extremely energizing for me and uh, almost like enabling, you know, it almost feels (laughs) like it's that sort of powerful, you know, it's like, 
almost falling back into it feels like a a, a rush of a relapse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh, I'm spinning out and let's go, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, just some of the composition of this, it just feels yeah, like this feels very original to me. Oh, mm-hmm. what would you compare this to? I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, this kind of style of music, at least, was popular back then. But also, like, no one ever really... This is the thing of of that era, is no one really ever came at these songs with, like, plagiarism accusations like they do now. At least not in the same way, unless it was, like, one of those weird cases where they'd bought the same song as somebody else who'd already released it. Like, uh, Run Devil Run or whatever. But, like, yeah, the vast majority of songs back then just didn't get those things leveled at them because they felt more unique like i'm trying to think of something to compare this to but it, it's just does it's just what it is you know yeah for real just like, is what just it is the, the rhythm on the synths and like just the pace of this song it just feels so crazy while doing all of the while hitting all of the basic marks you know like the the of the pop format you know it has all of the basic song parts of the pop format and mm-hmm. Instrumentally, there's nothing going on here that's super, uh, like, in terms of the actual palette, none of it is that crazy. I mean, they're using some synths that are usually, I feel like at the time, used more just in, you know, like, trance mixes, like a a Armin van Buren-type synth pad (laughs) or something. But then using it in this way that feels like, yeah, I don't know, someone that, like, was trained in classical but then is told try and do just like a a baby pop song but then they can't (laughs) they they can't quite you know take out all of their the interesting stuff that they love you know that's kind of what it feels like to me um i don't know yeah, yeah. I this I, song I kind of feel the same as I did about how you do about Lun- that Lunar album where it doesn't really feel like they were ticking boxes they just actually made a song that they wanted to make yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I could see that yeah I mean th- this just it comes together so in such an interesting way especially with just some of the bizarre lyrics yeah. uh, ones that are just extremely clunky it still just adds together to something that feels totally, totally together. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that's another thing I want to say about just my experience with K-pop is just being able to get to a place of really thoroughly, genuinely enjoying the song, but then also really enjoying how funny everything is, Yeah, you know? Uh, th- that's a big feature of K-pop for me, I think is just, uh, you know, not when something's funny, it's not because you're mocking it. It's not because, oh, that's lame. You know, they're, they're goofy. It's because, you know, pop culture, it's light, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it shouldn't take itself that seriously. And if it achieves some real things, while being really funny, amusing, and a little bizarre, it's special. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And just so much more engaging. And, uh, you know, just recognizing that that's 
part of how the performers relate to it too you know like as a as a kid you you see performances of adults and you're like is that how they feel or like is that yeah where, where, where does this come from you know and then uh as you get into it you develop a bunch of different ideas about how you think artists might relate to the things that they uh perform but uh with this uh and with k-pop it, everything's it's so interesting how simultaneously opaque and transparent so much of k-pop is because you can see you know they put out so much content it's extremely hard to hide some of the basic dynamics and basic attitudes going on if you're putting out so much content of people in relatively you know unrehearsed contexts and that sort of thing mm -hmm. um but at the same time it's this industry where most of the important uh decisions and uh moments really definitely happen deeply out, out of the public eye um so it's just it, it brings a interesting tone to it and uh getting to a place of um imagining what these girls think about the songs that they are performing mm. it's just an added sort of interesting dimension um yeah and i feel like it's almost more interesting with the older groups because you know if you're getting into a new group these days you can just imagine oh they they came up seeing this sort of performance and they wanted to be a part of it but but when it was like the 2000s and stuff I feel like the performers getting into it didn't have as much uh, reasonable expectation of what they might be doing. Yeah. I mean, they still had the, the generation previous to look at, but yeah. the generations were a lot smaller than they are yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, there was like five groups you knew or whatever, <laughs> like, rather than now where there's hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're in an interesting spot right now with the number of groups, and uh, mm. yeah, but that's that's for another time. Definitely. But uh, yeah, so uh, songs like this, songs that make you feel insane but incredibly alive, um, <laughs> uh, they. Am I going to give them credit and say that they carried me through? I don't know. You know, I carried myself through, but. Uh, this didn't hurt yeah it definitely um uh, yeah um just to have something to love <laughs> mm. um and then yeah so then past past 2020 that's when i started uh participating in steven's show the one before this and that's when i got uh exposed to you and your perspective <laughs> very much appreciated and so i'm gonna skip through a number of extremely important songs that have you know come out in the ensuing three years uh because most of my thoughts or many of my thoughts on them are on record um but i do want to just finish this this has been great so far yeah but um I, I want to finish this going into, well, first, first I got to do, I got to explain, uh, my screen name or handle or whatever we're calling it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
I am a Stacy fan. It's called Sweet. Um, and so I'm I'm a Swither Duster. And I got into Stacy before they uh, debuted because, uh, as I've already uh, let on, I went through a zone where I was really digging into some of this stuff. And um, one of the things that kept coming up was, um, oh, you know, well, okay, I'll, I'll present it like this. You know, <laughs> when you're looking for when you're looking for a new book, you know when you don't know when you don't know many books uh you just you know people recommend things or things are viewed as like standard really good things you know the canon that you can pick from or whatever and with movies it's sort of similar you know there's things that are popular and big and then there's things that are seem to be universally regarded as being a a part of some sort of canon and so you pick from that and then you you know pick around looking over at things but uh when people really get into any of those uh media they uh tend to stop finding things through that route and tend to start picking some favorites and then seeing oh what else have they done you know and then instead reading books by author and then relationship between authors or movements or ideas that they're participating in or that sort of thing. And then with movies, you know, many people, myself included, took a long time to recognize or try to identify what's the like important deciding artistic, who, who is the artistic vision? And it's not fair with movies because movies have a lot of people that work on them. But one of the more reasonable ways to do it is to see who directed it. And, you know, when you're just getting into it as a kid or something, you don't really know what those different roles mean. But then if you really get into movies, it tends to be the case that movie people uh, find things by director. They like something and then you, you see what else has this director done. Um, and uh, with K-pop, uh, I did a sort of similar thing where I was, you know, finding what people liked, what was popular. And then once I had some favorites, I was thinking, well, how do I find, you know, what is most in the spirit? And then it ended up being, oh, I now realize there's like a relatively finite set of production teams or company house production groups and you can kind of play it like that. You can mm -hmm. go by the producer of the song and then you see uh, things that are, you end up finding things that do share some of the essence that you're looking for. And so um, that's a very, I don't know why I explained it as if to a four-year-old, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, then I started looking for songs like some of the songs I was coming across, some, some great Twice songs that great uh, A-Pink song. Uh, uh, I saw that they were all done by uh, Black Eyed Pills on BEP. Um, and then I saw that they were planning to debut a group of their own. And that's just such a inspiring story. You know, someone's been working in the background, making things that people love. And then they, you know, buck up and try to do the very difficult thing of doing it all under their umbrella you know it's a little bit of a 
underdog story, but it's more so just like an actualization story of like, oh, you know, you're doing good and now you're doing the whole thing. And mm-hmm. so when I saw that they were going to debut a girl group after their list of songs was so ridiculously strong, um, I got extremely invested. I watched all of the uh, pre-debut contents. Uh, I still miss the Taiwanese member, Lydia. She's still a Stacy girl somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I followed up into the debut. And by the time the debut song came out, I already knew all the members and had some significant investiture in their success. Um, did I send uh, uh, beep beep or uh, like this first? You sent beep beep first, but you're building up to like this, so we can switch the order. No, I think we should actually still do beep beep because yeah, both of them are in the same uh, line of beep beep is produced by BEP, yep. and it sort of solidifies my point about how you can find good stuff through the who produced the song because this song despite being fantastic and years old now uh does it even have a million views uh, uh and yeah no it doesn't even have a million exactly so Brutal. um just if you're trying to find good songs uh, good ways to go by the producer because guys that produced tt and some giant songs if you look through their their production discography, you might come across something like this. Ruan's BP. Here we go.
Okay, as she says herself, this is Ruan. Baby, I fall in love with you. Um, yeah, uh, come on, that song is so good. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm preaching to the choir here because this was somewhat of a favorite of the previous show's audience. Um, uh, but it really illustrates my point nicely, you know, mm. and about the the notion of and just the whole uh reason why i started getting into like a bunch of the really small groups and just trying to find small stuff was realizing that there's these sort of sometimes throwaway songs or sometimes sort of false starts on careers that then there were you know uh just really logistical bureaucratic or company disagreement sort of problems that stop them from going further. Mm. Uh, you know, there's so many like false starts or just little marketing failures or just people that never got the respect that they deserved. Um, and uh, that makes it really fun to be sort of uh, someone that goes looking for Nugu groups and Nugu artists and uh you know, shout out to that one account uh, at Nugu Promoter. Uh, uh, they do some of the they do some of the most important work in this uh, field. Uh, just trying to get exposure to people that are trying things but not getting much exposure, and sometimes it's shockingly really good. But yeah, this music video is so well executed. The dances are so fun. There's such a high energy to it. Uh, all the looks are cute. The lighting is nice fits um and the song is so catchy and so likable and it made everyone that listened to this song into ruan <laughs> everyone was going around telling people that they were ruan um <laughs> and in this moment i'm ruan too um but not actually in this moment right now ruan is in a j-pop group that um yeah. we talked about on the on the server a little bit um, doesn't quite fit the same thing. I guess also adding to the the notion that if you if the music taste is the main part of it for you, then you might be best suited sorting by producer songwriter team than by the actual artist themselves. Yeah. Because you know this girl has now redebuted in a new group and it shares very little of the. Uh, type of musical appeal i would argue they they took um the sound there from the rap in this song which is by far the worst part <laughs> so uh that, if, cool. if you like that rap from from Rowan's beep beep then maybe check out her new group otherwise probably not for you <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean my my take on her new group is that <clears throat> they're very much trying to do the xg mm. ver version of j-pop which is the sort of k-pop j-pop thing uh, but very rap forward, very attitudey, you know, very attitudey, um, very not what you like from Ruan in Beep Beep, anyway. <laughs> yeah, not the same appeal. But uh, hey, I enjoyed that XG Cipher video. Anyway, did you see that one where it's each member with their little? Uh, they each get a little 
uh, instrumental and it's obviously not a freestyle, but you know, treat it like a cipher, just trading off beats and bars. If I did, I don't remember it. Okay. Well, it is, it's, it's a, it's a worthwhile watch anyway, but, and uh, you know, also XG left, right. Good song. I'm not saying that the whole J pop, K pop thing, J pop, K pop rap thing isn't good, but it is not scratching the same itch as a song like beep beep. Mm. Um, but yeah, around the same zone of time. Yeah. And up to now I have been trying to find, uh, little forgotten, perfect things like this. Um, yeah, we all have our favorites in that category for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I chillin isn't doing great right now. Their past couple of releases haven't been holding up to what we initially imagined. So it, it's looking increasingly possible that uh, Gatya will end up being something similar, like just a perfect moment that uh, never quite gets gets the respect that it could have Very garnered true. if things were kept consistent. Not to say that I Chillin don't got songs. I mean, I Chillin got songs. Um, Just the fresh last few is, haven't been great. Yeah, Fresh is great. La Luna is great. But I haven't been feeling like their reason output is um, doing the same thing. Mm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just so many interesting stories gone awry in k-pop where the starting point is a great song and then the ending point is just this hilarious series of um corporate mismanagement stories and mm. really bizarre choice creative direction choices and <laughs> yeah i'm thinking right now of uh, i'm speaking right now of weekly um, uh, of course because around this this time i associate this in the same zone that I was really bumping the song Tag Me mm. by Weekly. Great song. Great song as well. That group has undergone a series of uh, trials and a couple of goofy rebrand attempts. Yeah, there's a surprising number of sad failures that have come out of like really amazing music. Uh, the one I always think of is Mix. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Honestly, oh my mind.
to uh um, yeah. fuck what was the second one called i can't even remember they sounded the same as oh. on my mind oh oh snap i can i can hear it in my head right now i will i will find this hang on yeah i can yeah. hear it in my head oh is it, is it love is a sudden i think yeah yeah Yeah, so we go from Oh My Mind. He's got it. Yeah, so so we went from like Oh My Mind, which is this awesome, like, vibey kind of chilled out girl R&B pop to like Love as a Sudden, which is more of the same. And then politics happened and then the the group imploded. (laughs) They could have been so good. But yeah, Yeah, sometimes with these new groups, it just doesn't work out how you want it to. I remember just finding some article about their disbandment and the fact that a a, a girl group's disbandment headline could mention something about missile systems yeah. <laughs> was just so funny to me. Yeah. Um, and part of some of the just uh, esoteric beauty of, of this genre. Um, but uh, yeah, those two songs might be the 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 thing I'm most grateful for you for because Ooh. I had not heard those songs until you put me on the mix. And those two songs are so ridiculously good. They're amazing. Um, There's nothing else like it is the main thing with mix. Yeah. Just the, 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 the tone, the, like how tasteful the music videos are and how fun. And then how just simultaneously cool and so good and bright because like a lot of these things that we're talking about sometimes there's like a sacrifice of trying to be cool to achieve something else which is really great and that's frequent you know frequently that's really great and then there's things that achieve cool and then don't invest enough in some of the other stuff and Mm -hmm. sometimes that can still be good if they execute the cool really well but uh the mix songs it's like everything about it is just so fly and it feels like they know exactly what they're doing and there's it's like almost unassailable mm. um and then the songs are just really good as well and bright yeah in the same way that you thank me for that i thank steven because he his show put me on to mix so <laughs> thanks <bud>. okay <laughs> yeah let the chain be unbroken yeah um but yeah, so speaking of uh, Stephen and good things that he has contributed to the community that uh, he fostered, um, the way that I found his show was by going into the podcast app and just searching Stacy. Mm. I was thinking, who is talking about Stacy? I, I, you know, I, I need to find someone that has thoughts. Um, and the first thing that came up was some episode of, uh, this week in K-pop that, uh, what they were talking about Stacy. And then suddenly it was this guy, this really nice, funny seeming guy, just being almost as, you know, uh, just heaping almost as much praise as I would want to onto <laughs> Stacy girls. 
And so then I was like, all right, I've, I've found the spot to set my bag. And uh, I set down my bag. And uh, yeah, so that, that provides a decent intro to this last song, which mm. is just like that. It's called Like This by Stacy. Yes. Some will remember this being the outro song, or at least a, a remix of this being the outro song to Stan K-pop. And uh, here we go, let's play it. Like This, Stacy. Before we get into discussion of like this, shout out symmetric like because I still hear Treasures Boy when I hear this song for some reason. <laughs> the power of that remix is unreal. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Stacy's like this. It's really like that, isn't it? It is. It is. 
Oh, my God. You know, yeah. It, when, you, when you listen to someone talking about something they love, uh, it's easy to not feel it or not try to, um, well, it's easy to just not be able to communicate it. That's the main thing. Uh, frequently I'll hear people talking about things that they love and I just simply don't get it. Mm. Um, but it is really beautiful to try to, um, feel what someone feels for the things that they love, uh, really deeply because I mean, that's just the whole thing, isn't it? You know, like, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I, I hope, I hope something about about what I'm saying here manages to impart a little bit of the feeling of uh, the excitement, the warmth, the energy of just being so into this music, this genre, this group. Um, Stacy is so. Um, so incredible. Each of these girls are absolute legends. Um, uh, Park Sheehan, uh, Sheehan, is, you know, I, I don't know. Everyone should know her by now, but uh, she she's the girl in the red crop turtleneck one in this performance music video. Um, and uh, she is incredible. Um, but also really important to me getting into this group was her dad, <laughs> Stacy's dad, because Stacy's dad has got it going on. Ooh. Um, Sheehan's dad was, uh, Park Nam Jung, who was, uh, sort of a pop star himself. Uh, not a K-pop star though. It was a little before that, but he wasn't quite a trot guy either. I don't know enough about it to really say what he was in context but i can say if you look up Sheehan's dad or park nam jung on like some old music shows or some performances it will not be a waste of your time <laughs> that dude absolutely rules i look up to him um you know his footwork is something that i'm still trying to recreate with respect um <laughs> He's got insane moves. He's an extremely cool guy. And then the fact that someone that is so obviously cool and talented and successful would then be like really comfortable and supportive of his daughter going and doing uh, K-pop girl group stuff was really important to make me feel comfortable getting invested in this group because I felt like, you know, if this guy, you know, it's not a, a position of desperation and it's also not like just some weirdo uh, show business guy. This guy really seems like a good guy. And if he is really supportive and down with his daughter getting into a K-pop girl group, then it really can't be so evil as so many people try to make it out to be. It simply can't. Um, and then seeing him support her every time Stacy has a comeback there's a Park Nam Jung, you know, duet dance, and he bodies it every time. <laughs> so sometimes he does the Stacy choreo better than some of the Stacy girls, which hurts to say, but 
he 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 just absolutely kills it. And um, I remember seeing this this video uh, around when uh, Teddy Bear dropped, and uh, she and does it with her dad, does the dance with her dad. And uh, I pull up the comments, and the comments are all like, "She fight back! He's <laughs> eating you up!" <laughs> And it's just so funny and warm to see this really cool, extremely supportive uh, dad with an incredibly healthy seeming, talented and cool daughter. And it it, it just, it it all comes together. And then obviously I've been burying the lead, but uh, my bias in the group is Isa Ichayang. And, uh, she, she, you know, oh my God, <laughs> she, she has, she has just such an incredibly distinctive vocal style. Um, and I could just pick it out with like one syllable if she was on a feature track or something, I feel like I'd be able to pick it out in less than a second. Um, and she, everything else about her story and her sort of attitude and temperament she's just so incredible and uh i get nothing but really much needed good vibrations from from this group's contents and from her and uh i'm just very grateful they exist Hmm. this song came out as the b-side to so bad another uh world-changing song just solidified yeah i liked the idea of this group in concept and then now that there's some execution everything about that is perfect too so then i was just locked and i continue to be locked in i will i will ride for stacy um to the very end <laughs> i mean let's go and yeah i i don't mean to leave out the the other members Sumin is so cute and so funny and uh, being the oldest of the group, so humble in uh, like, you know, not trying to be over the other girls, frequently making light of herself to uh, make the others feel comfortable. And she's really thoughtful and considerate about people. She's definitely someone that seems to care about people pretty deeply. And um, Yoon is so hilarious. Um, she's the tallest one, the one with the bangs that have, uh, you know, destroyed, uh, created and destroyed. And uh, and then we have Sen. Sen is also so precious. I mean, she's got this whole princess thing going on where she, you know, just wants to sell that whole princess vibe and everything but it it very much has the 
the feeling of like you know uh, a Disney girl with sort of like a uh, that just wants that sort of thing, like someone, a girl that grew up watching Disney stuff, and then you know their sort of fantasy is to be, a, you know, one of the one of the princesses, and she's just cute. I mean, and great singer too. Yeah, she some of her lines. Yeah, in this one, she has a couple of good lines. I'm forgetting specifically which ones they are though. And then we have JJ, the uh, absolutely, you, you know, a rare type of youngest member. It's called a, a magne, I hear. Um, but usually, uh, you know, the magne is frequently like, you know, sort of like a, uh, not a comic relief, but a cute relief, you know, just someone that's there to be like, you know, ooh, I'm, I'm little and cute. <laughs> and then uh, JJ enters the fold and she's got the deepest voice in the group. She's the rapper. She's got the, the bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, she just rules. And also the dynamics between them, like Yoon and Jay are the two youngest members and they just have some legendary moments together. They have the funniest friendship. Um, just amazing. Uh, yeah. And like what I was saying with, uh, how, uh, Park Namjoon made me feel comfortable, you know, investing in this group, like surely if this guy is, you know, fully on board with, you know, his daughter being in it, then it can't be bad beyond that. Just the contents that they put out have a different feeling than most other groups in the sense of it just feels like, you know, a place that I wouldn't, that wouldn't be a nightmare to work, you, you know, like, yeah, I just get a really good feeling from the Black Eyed Pilsung guys uh, and the company and direction and the way that they still manage to, you know, push the girls to be great without uh, having it be this, or it doesn't seem like it is any sort of like a, punitive or extremely stressful or you know miserable place to work so uh yeah it just so many things make me uh a giant fan of these girls and their songs and yeah that's pretty much where i am okay um yeah i uh i would like to give credit to k-pop a little bit in making me or in, in helping me get through some uh sort of lonely in between periods of uh of my life you know now i am working and uh i'm finally feeling a little bit more like uh in control of things and of, of uh my life and uh i think i did need something warm and like unserious and cute that could just be something that I have while I'm going through a bunch of processes that seem a little bit uh, cold or threatening or competitive and uh, not much and just you know on a personal level some relatively lonely times in my life um, yeah and uh, I, I think there are healthy ways to uh, 
relate to this genre. A lot of people mostly talk about the demented nature of K-pop stands, and it is definitely true mm. that there is a lot of that, and that there are aspects of it sort of built into it that do sort of tempt you to relate to it in a uh, kind of unhealthy way. And there are definitely about the industry itself a lot of extremely uh, rough uh, rough things that happen for sure. Uh, so I'm not saying that this uh, genre and industry is, has my 100% seal of approval, but I do think that it achieves some rare and uh, special things. And when you do that for people that uh, are just trying to get their footing and need a little something, something, I think that this will really have a lasting impact, this genre. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, I think it will eventually successfully go from being dismissed as this sort of, uh, you know, infantile, uh, like mirroring of uh, Western corporate pop with this cynical money, uh, money grabbing sort of direction, I think it will eventually be recognized as something that really was formative for a lot of people uh, in my generation, at least, uh, in just loving something. Mm. Definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, here I am today. I'm still. Uh, deep in in these trenches you know i'm 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 watching music videos with less than 500 views you know <laughs> i'm uh, i'm trying to uh copy the transcript in a different language of just some backstage encounter into google translate <laughs> and then see if i can look between the uh, idioms to see the essence of what's been communicated you know i'm still uh you know, doing some things that would look from the outside, uh, like obsessive or, uh, <laughs> unhealthy, but Frank, frankly, I think it's just a, a fun interest with, uh, surprising, uh, connections to other things. Mm. I mean, one would um, argue that maybe the fact that a music genre slash scene can get people to do things that might sound mentally unhinged is a mark of its quality. <laughs> yeah, power. It's absolute power. Yeah. I mean, my my Korean friend just talks about uh, K-pop as being just the the sword of uh, Korea's soft power. True. And uh, that's a, you know, that's a perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I... Yeah, yeah, you, 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 I could end up talking about a, a, a bunch of ridiculous stuff, but um, they, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to come on here and uh, give a little slice of what's, you know, a certain type of person, how they mm. get into something like this, and what they sort of generally think about a lot of what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming on. It's uh, these These episodes of the show are like so interesting for those of us who are like around here a lot because <laughs> you learn so much more about members of the community than you thought you ever would you know it's great 
Yeah, um, uh, the Alex one was released. I, I still haven't gotten a chance to uh, listen to the Gachi one. I think that's in the bank, right? Yeah, it's, it's in editing. It'll be out soonish. Probably nice, this nice. week, actually. I'll probably do that one. No week. rush, man. I, yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I just barely missed that when it was live. So hmm. I'll be curious to hear. And yeah, the Alex one was great. And I was just following up after that episode talking about how important Red Velvet is <laughs> and how important uh, Power Up as a song was. I compared it to uh, what um, BB, uh, recording artist BB, said about that same Red Velvet song, Power Up, about how she was like in a totally lost moment and then just had complete catharsis in the street listening <laughs> to Power Up. And I really feel that. <clears throat> there have been a number of moments where a song that if I were to show it to my friends or anyone that I know, they'd be like, you know, this is cringe. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, I am playing it on my own and I have like an almost religious level of uh, intense experience uh, <laughs> and, and like just a clarity of introspection and a clarity of purpose and mission it's really it's really absurd but um some of these songs have a strange strange power definitely and as we keep doing these episodes you'll hear more about songs like that i'm sure (laughs) all right man thanks so much uh uh I, i look forward to calling soon with some other special special things happening in k-pop man i appreciate this a lot and uh just want to take a moment to say you know i'm so glad that you picked up this mantle because um you know when you search when you google k-pop call-in show to this day it still is only showing uh steven's show Mm -hmm. but i feel like if if you continue with this and if we the listeners continue with this then you know maybe we can at least be the k-pop call-in show yeah steven's cool. standard is still something i'm chasing to this very day it's difficult <laughs> I, it's I fear i will difficult. never stop chasing that standard but uh <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nice Beautiful. to be mentioned in the same breath now at least <laughs> mm. yes sir yeah you're a host this is this is uh episode what like 36 or something mm. it's it's um I think we're up to 35, but... Yeah, and this like, won't be... I don't know, it's it's not going to be 36, but it'll be one of the yeah. next ones. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, yeah, you've gotten through uh, significant double digits of uh, episodes, so let's keep it pushing. How about that? Yeah, I mean, as long as all of you keep turning up, I'll keep doing the show. I'll try and keep it spicy. <laughs> and I'll keep uh, saying how bad all of these songs are all the time <laughs> uh, keep your head up Diggy I believe in you mm. um, yeah see you soon yep. thanks so much yeah talk to you later buddy bye 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 alright what an entrancing journey we've been on through uh, this time in K-pop and that's the end of this episode So see you later, audio listeners.